Hi, friends, it's Vin Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedars-Sinai. Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Good morning, Los Angeles. And welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warrior Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai. 32 years and counting. What a busy week I had. Fascinating cases. Can't wait to share some of them with you. One of the patients this week still blows my mind. But I did knee surgery on this very lovely woman who had a heart transplant. Can you imagine? I'm opening up someone's knee and the blood that's flowing to that joint is being pumped by the heart that came from another human being who's dead. Just wrap your head around that idea. It's a miracle. And it's a real miracle to actually see a heart transplant, which I was very fortunate to do when I was still in medical school. This has got to be 1980, so 45 years ago, I was scrubbed into a heart transplant. Now it's like so routine. Oh, yeah, go get your knee replaced. Thank you. Awesome stuff. And yesterday was particularly fascinating. I was in surgery all day. Interesting cases, the materials that we use. You know, you have an iPhone 12, an iPhone 10, whatever. But there was an iPhone 1. Well, the same thing is true for the implants that we use. These joints, hip, knee, shoulder replacements, implants, I see them. They had it done 20 years ago. It's an, it's an iPhone 1. And I've got to figure out how to upgrade it to an iPhone 12 that's inside a living, breathing person. Fascinating challenges. And every decision you got to make as a surgeon has to be perfect. Whether I play soundbite number one or number seven here on the radio, to be honest with you, it doesn't really matter. Up, oh, Steve Paulette, we played the wrong soundbite. Okay, good. We'll go to the next one. You can't do that as a surgeon. Every decision you make has to be perfect. So the stress is something interesting. Nobody ever talks to you about the stress. But more and more of my peers, they're retiring. They tell me, Robbie, I'm just burnt out. Really? Why would you be burnt out? This is the coolest thing to do. Because you have to have a way of work-life balance. Not everybody has that. And I guess I'm lucky. Maybe I'm too stupid. I don't know. I just feel so blessed to get up every day to be able to live the life. Some of the strength, though, that I will tell you 
and you hear me talk about my mom and my dad, and you hear me talk about the history of my life and who was important to me as a mentor, Steve Sable and NFL Films, teaching me that taking professional football and slowing down the speed and playing opera as the music behind it, or creating for the Oakland Raiders a poem called The Autumn Wind. This guy changed my life. I've never met him. But he taught me how to connect those dots of art and sports. I think back on heroes in my life, people who I've never met, they're dead now, that I can't thank them enough because they triggered memories during these key points in my life. So today's topic, and at 8.15, our guest calling in is going to be Ted Sobel, who wrote a book about reminiscing, basically, in his life. And it made me think all week, what's the value in thinking back, not only on your grandparents, your parents, if you're lucky enough to have had them and met them, but people from the past, how much value is there in reminiscing and remembering so that you can live in the moment and live in the present. I'm not even talking about thinking about tomorrow and the future. I want to talk today about the value of reminiscing. And in the world of art and the world of sports, I thought all week about it. And the greatest in my lifetime in the world of art who used his past so well to create a wonderful life that inspired me was Groucho Marx. Groucho Marx was born with all these crazy brothers. Groucho Marx, get a load of this. You know when he was born? In 1890. You're going to hear sound bites from an interview in 1969 with Dick Cavett. Um, the man talking was born in the 1800s. Can you imagine? My father was born in 1915. You know what that means? That the guy you're listening to right now, me, my grandfather, was born in the 1800s. Chew on that one for a while. But Groucho Marx uses, in his world of comedy and making films, as the Marx Brothers, he uses the past so well. There's so much value in his reminiscing. And in sports, ah, this man made such a big deal in my life, a difference. He's the most beloved sportscaster for college football that there'll ever be, and certainly in my lifetime. And he, he's from the South, but he lived his most of his life here in Sherman Oaks. It was Keith Jackson, who three years ago passed away. But wait till you listen to how he used and found value in reminiscing about his own personal life. Remember he used to say, whoa, Nelly? He learned that from his great-grandfather and brought it to his world. But also talking about tradition. When he'd talk about the University of Michigan Stadium, he'd call it the big house or he'd call the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all. Wait till you hear the sound bites of how important and value he gave to reminiscing. But first, 
Let's get a little joy in our life and let's listen to Dick Cavett. It's like a wild bronco that Dick Cavett's trying to ride a horse. Talk about a Clapper vision. Oh, and Clapper vision will be KCP and his quadriceps and the MRI. I have a great Clapper vision for you, so stay tuned for that. And the clinic will be open later. The number is 877-710-ESPN. But let me brighten your day immediately about using the past. Listen to Groucho Marx telling a story about his childhood with Dick Cavett. We used to go to school in the morning. My mother always fixed sandwiches for us in the morning to go to school because we lived in 93rd and the school was at 93rd. But by the time we got to school, we were hungry again. <laughs> so we always ate our lunch and then we went home and had lunch again in 93rd. <laughs> My mother was always so astonished. She's like, prepared lunch for you. Why don't you eat it? She says, we ate that on the way to school. <laughs> This is why I didn't get an education. <laughs> and Dick Cavett talks to him about his history and his past. It's odd to see you in New York. You're usually in it's California. It's odd to see me? No, odd to see you in oh, New York. Yes, I don't come here very often anymore. This is my birthplace. That's right. I was, I was in born your... in 78th Street in between Lexington and Clay. <laughs> then we moved to uh, 93rd Street, and I lived there for about 14 years. Mm-hmm. I was there the other day. They're tearing down part of your old neighborhood. This is not just a coincidence, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they've torn everything down. They've turned the school that I used to go to. That was at 96th Street and Lexington Avenue, PS 86. Yeah. Ra, ra, Royal Piper was the something that they used to holler. Mm-hmm. They hollered other things at me. You know? The guy was just too much. Well, remember the song, Somewhere Over the Rainbow? It was written by... Yip Harburg. Yip Harburg also wrote a song in 1939 for a movie that Groucho Marx made called At the Circus. This thing's called Lydia the Tattooed Lady. I'll play a little bit of it. Oh, Lydia, oh, Lydia, say, have you met Lydia? Lydia the Tattooed Lady. She has eyes that men adore so. <laughs> a torso even more so Lydia or oh Lydia that encyclopedia oh Lydia the queen of tattoo on her back is the battle of Waterloo beside it the wreck of the Hesperus too and proudly above waves the red white and blue you can learn a lot from Lydia he's singing that song he's 80 years old are you kidding me but the song is from a movie he made in 1939 called At the Circus. He's, he's 80 years old, and he's going to reminisce, tell a story from making that movie in 1939 involving a gorilla. So listen to the value, the power, storytelling, his, his brand of comedy. The great Groucho Marx, listen to this story about a gorilla in a movie at the circus, Groucho Marx. This is a song from a picture called uh, A Day at the Circus, which we did at MGM. And uh, I sang this in a Pullman car. But... <laughs> Why are you applauding a Pullman car? <laughs> there aren't any more Pullman cars. <laughs> anyway, we, in this picture, we had a gorilla. It wasn't actually a gorilla. It was a gorilla skin with a man inside of it. And uh, he had a manager. This gorilla skin had a manager. 
this is true. And we engaged him to bring the pelt over to the studio. Listen to this. And then we engaged a man to go inside of the gorilla skin. And he also had a manager. So we had two managers there for one gorilla. <laughs> and this, this skin was awfully hot, you know, with all the lights. And it was in the summer, we're doing the scene. And during, uh, during lunchtime, the fellow who was in the skin, he went over to the lunchroom and he got an ice pick and he bought about 40 holes in this uh, gorilla skin. Oh my God. And when he came back, he was very comfortable inside of this uh, skin. But the manager got wind of this, the manager of the skin. <laughs> and he was in a rage. And he says, well, we're not gonna permit this. And he says, give me my skin, get that guy out of there. <laughs> and he threw the pelt over his shoulder and walked out of the studio. Now we had about three more scenes to do with the gorilla, but we had no skin. <laughs> we had no gorilla. So we had six people from MGM rushing around San Diego and all around that section of California looking for another monkey. We needed a, another gorilla, but we couldn't get one. We got an orangutan, which is only the, as half the size of a gorilla. Did you know that? I, no, but I do no. now, and I'm glad. And then we had to get a midget. We had to get a midget to go in this, in this orangutan skin. Yes, and then what? And then we got hundreds of letters when the picture come out from fans who said, we don't understand it. The gorilla was this high. And, the, and it was only this high in the second half. And we never told them that we had had a, a, an orangutan with a midget in it. The ability to keep those memories with you is what makes living in the moment so much more valuable. You get so much more out of it when you learn how to actually see the past. Here's a story of getting in the elevator with Greta Garbo. Oh, God, this is just fabulous. Greta Garbo, did I ever tell you the story of her, the tall bike so. building in New York? I don't think so. Would you in like to? California, yeah. She... <laughs> She used to affect very big hats. She was a very shy woman. She really was. And she had these big hats. And they had, the, this was a six floor building, the Thalberg building in, in uh, Los Angeles. And she would back into the elevator if she had to go to the elevator because she didn't want anybody to see her or talk to her. She was just such a big star. I was standing in the elevator too and she backed in. I didn't know who it was. She's backing into the elevator so no one should make eye contact with her. She backed in. I didn't know who it was. And I took the back of her hat, which was away a up here, like this, and I took the back and I lifted it down until her whole face was covered. <laughs> and she was furious. And she lifted the hat up and she looked at me and gave me a withering look. And I, I, I said, I'm terribly sorry. I thought you were a fellow I knew from Kansas City. <laughs> It's a true story. It's a nice story. Yes. I met her sub subsequently, about 10 years later at a party, mm. and we discussed this, and she was very nice about it. Yeah. She had big feet, but she was a nice woman. <laughs> He's so witty, but he uses this art of storytelling with the past. It's valuable, not just in being a comedian, but in living your life. Well, in the world of sports, nobody used the reminiscing component of life better than Keith Jackson. And coming up next, you're going to hear that value 
multiple generations watching college football, how he would weave that into his stories for his job as a sportscaster, the great Keith Jackson. Coming up next on the Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN. Holy emoji, clap man. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Holy slip disc. That's right, Robin. Hear listeners talk about their aches and pains. Holy hamstrings. Along with Doc's clapper vision. Breathe deeply. And advice to callers. On your toes, Robin. So like, follow, and enjoy. A wise decision. The Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Frankly, I can think of nothing more stimulating. Going on, it's Max. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday morning. Then with my friend, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Why don't you go home to your wife? Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I'll tell you what, I'll go home to your wife, and outside of the improvements, you'll never know the difference. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Here's a clapper vision for listening to Barbara Streisand sing memories. It's like a bar of chocolate, a Hershey bar, that you left out in the sun and it's just starting to melt. That's what this silky smooth milk chocolate bar melting sounds like. It's her voice. Incredible. She's singing memories, thanks to Steve Paulette, because that's today's topic, the value of reminiscing to enrich the day, Saturday, today, that awaits you. How rich is it for you to be able to pull out of your head something from work or something from your family, a memory? If you bring it to your work, you become special. Groucho Marx did it all the time. And in sports, Keith Jackson did. Here he is in his 80s, visiting the Rose Bowl, where he called so many games. But before I start playing sound bites of what he did and who he was, listen to a man in his mid-80s teaching us how you have to see, and hear, and more importantly, feel. Here he is visiting the Rose Bowl here in South in Pasadena, the great Keith Jackson. You can't pass through life without becoming acquainted with tradition, with legacy, and with the feeling of history, and the Rose Bowl does all of that. And it is completed at They're going for two. Hayden throws, and he has it. He keeps it. He is in. Touchdown. Ward Boone. Bouncing outside. Ricky Irvin's touchdown. Reese rolls out. Still got it. Let's it go big for Ty Street. Touchdown. And now you're going to hear him visit. You heard these are the echoes that will be in his head as he's speaking to you right now. 
The place talks. It talks to you. And if you, you don't believe it, if you ever have a chance, somewhere in this maze of seats, sit down. No conversation, just you. And just sit there and listen and see if you don't hear something, but you feel it. Groucho Marx feels it. Keith Jackson hears it. And he can bring so much of that history to any of these broadcasts. His broadcast partner for many years was Bob Greasy. Well, there was a moment. Tom Brady is actually sitting on the bench, by the way, at the University of Michigan, because the starting quarterback was Brian Greasy, who's Bob Greasy, the great Miami Dolphin quarterback, who remember the undefeated season for the Miami Dolphins with Larry Zonka and Don Shula, the coach, went undefeated and won the Super Bowl. Nobody's ever done it since. But his broadcast partner was the quarterback of that team, Bob Greasy. There he is at Michigan with Bob Greasy watching his son, Brian Greasy, get the MVP of the championship. Listen to Keith Jackson recognizing the beauty of the past in that, what he's beholding. He loves the time right before the ball game, the hour before the game when the bands are coming in and the stands are filling with four generations of fans, as he likes to say. He doesn't make the game ahead of time. He waits and reacts to the game. Still going, still going. And the last time Brian Greasy ran that far, his dad was chasing him with a stick. <laughs> He's making him laugh. Bob Greasy laughing. He cannot believe. Keith Jackson just painted a picture of this young man masterminding this football game. But he was a little boy once, and the guy sitting next to me was chasing him with a stick. The, be, the ability to use the past as a tool is awesome. And it's a skill. Not everybody has it. But I think you, we all should try and use it. In my world of surgery, it's invaluable to succeed in the operating room yesterday. I have to do it based on what happened in the past. It runs Marquise Cooper back to the 32, looking for some daylight. That's too much hesitation. You can't be toe dancing around back there. They'll give you a tutu. You got to put your head down and go north and south. How do you characterize it? It's hard. I suppose if your roots are southern, you can call it three whoopies and a hot dam. And it is incomplete. He didn't hold it. You can't throw it any better than that. If you're a lonely soul out on the highway with only the coyotes howling and you heard that comment, you would know it came from a quarterback. He's so comfortable with his whole life, not just at that moment, but the past, and brings the past into his speech today. That's what I'm appreciating. And now, only all these years later, appreciate actually how Keith Jackson did it. He died three years ago, but his body of work still reverberates. The story of Keith Jackson. 
It was on a day like this, in a place like this, that I first met Walter Mitty, that purveyor of those golden moments that last a lifetime in the game of college football. Keith Jackson's voice will forever echo on Saturday afternoons in the fall. The royalty of college football is in assembly at the Rose Bowl 2006. We're going to play football. Yippee! One man. Jackson covered a host of events in his Hall of Fame career, including the Olympics, the NFL, and Major League Baseball. But he became synonymous with college football. Born in rural Georgia, Jackson joined the Marines at age 16. While enrolled in Washington State, he began his broadcasting career by calling a 1952 game between the Cougars and Stanford. Yeah, get a load of what he also did in 1958. He joined ABC Sports in 1964 as a radio correspondent and became a fixture on ABC's Wide World of Sports. Jackson's interest went beyond sports as he considered Edward R. Murrow his idol. Jackson even covered a Republican National Convention with Walter Cronkite. But it was through college football that Jackson established his legacy. He called 15 Rose Bowls, coining the term the granddaddy of them all. And in 1958, when Russia was still closed to America, he, he broadcast the first athletic event inside the Soviet Union in 1958. This is near and dear to my heart because I rode at Columbia on the crew team, the rowers, a, a crew race in the Soviet Union, which, by the way, we won gave Michigan Stadium the nickname, The Big House. For more than five decades, as the autumn leaves changed, Jackson's folksy delivery remained the same. And when the wolves come onto the field, you'll hear a roar that'll knock pine cones out of trees 50 miles away. Oh, now they came from my great-grandpa. And then he would do something or drop something or whatever, and, and oftentimes you'd hear him say, Whoa, Nelly, whoa, Nelly. Here he is, thinking about his great-grandfather as he's bringing you to football game. Jackson retired in 1999, but returned to broadcast college football games for another seven seasons. In 2014, Washington State named a building in its broadcasting college in his honor. And I'm delighted the bottom of my soul that today could happen because it it caps another time in a life and we'll go home proud to have been here he just sees his entirety of his life but very much includes the past in the present and that's a skill and there are a million moments uh, not only from college football but from the 10 Olympics, running all over the world, going to godforsaken places you never heard of until you, uh, somebody said you got to go there. On July 19, 1958, the University of Washington crew became the first American athletes to compete inside the Soviet Union. You see, as a sportsman, you're able to go places in forbidden territories like the Soviet Union used to be. We were able to go places and do things that a newsman, a person, could not do. Mm, perspective. You have
have matched the preamble leading to this one because of the great turnaround, as it is called the Cinderella story. Well, we've had all the romance. Now let's find out if she can dance. <laughs> He's my hero. He's, uh, he stands for all of the good things uh, associated with college football. The MVP in today's ball game. Now I know who it is. I'm standing alongside his proud daddy. You want to cry, you go ahead. I'll hold you. Keith Jackson knew how to use the past to enrich the present. Groucho Marx used the past to create comedy and a wit that you'll never see again. But you can learn a lot from these guys. In my, in my world of surgery, you better damn well understand and use the past so that you can build and be a better surgeon because of the rudimentary tools that we used, we built on them. And some of the tools I still use that come from the past. I know there's robots and computers, but Michelangelo did not need a robot to make the David. And there's a great expression, garbage in, garbage out. The young surgeons that rely just on a robot or the computer and have no ability to feel the, the ligaments and how taut they are or loose. You can make a pretty x-ray, but the knee don't work or the hip dislocates. You need to be an artist. Groucho Marx was an artist. Keith Jackson was an artist. And you want your surgeon to be an artist as well. Speaking of that, we'll do some clap revision. I want to talk about KCP and give you a clap revision of what an MRI is and why, thank God, it didn't show any structural damage to his quadriceps. But what does the radiologist look for? I'll give you a clue. It involves ice and water. I'll take your calls as well. The clinic will be open. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here every Saturday morning on 710 ESPN. Smiles we gave to one another for the way we were. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Didn't you get the memo? Quickly hear Clapper's crazy kitchen stories. Easily find different callers' aches and pain issues. Right, I get it. Search Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Who are you again? Voila! Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. What do you want when you gotta eat something? And it's gotta be sweet, and it's gotta be a lot. And you gotta have it now. What do you want? Lip smackin', whip smackin', patty whackin', ink and knackin', silver rackin', shallow rackin', cracker jackin'. Boo. Big clap. Candy coated popcorn, peanuts and a prize. That's what you get in. Big clap. 
This is Keyshawn in the morning. My man, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show starts your Saturday morning. Join the doc from 7 to 9 a.m. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Why a four-year-old child could understand this report. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Run out and find me a four-year-old child. I can't make head or tail out of it. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, I love her. I want the frim, frim, Diana Crawl. What a piano player she is. What a jazz singer she is. So yesterday, after a long day in surgery, I'm going home. And I'm saying to myself, I'm going to do a whole show about reminiscing tomorrow. I need to reminisce myself to someplace great. Pick up some dinner that I can talk about tomorrow morning on the radio. Took out my phone. Speed dial the Apple Pan. Because guess why? Yeah, they've got burgers. They got pie. They got tuna fish. But they have something in Los Angeles that is the best of every place in Los Angeles. And you know what it is? I'm not going to tell you right now. You're going to have to wait and listen. But they have something at the Apple Pan that nobody in the country makes any better. And I had. Last night, and I'm going to tell you a secret, I got up at the crack of dawn this morning. And I reheated some of it this morning. That's why I got all this energy. Oh, God, is they good. I'm going to tell you what they are a little bit later in the show. Don't forget, we need to do some Clapavision about an MRI. It involves ice, slush, and water. But before I do, all the lines are lit up. Who are we going to first, Steve Paulette? Let's go to Aaron. Is it Aaron or Aaron in Palmdale? Aaron in Palmdale, sir. A A R O N. A A Ron. What a yes, beautiful. Sir. So, do you know everything about the Bible about Aaron? Uh, I know that he is the brother of Moses, and that he was the spokesperson for Moses. That's right. Because Moses had a stuttering issue. Yes, sir. That's exactly right. If uh, Moses could not be on the radio, because he'd be stuttering, so the host exactly. of the Moses Weekend Warrior Show would be Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and i absolutely. think they could do clapper vision back in those days you know your life is I like a so. bush look at this it's gonna burn right now like a burning bush you know? <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> all those years of yeshiva are paying off right now so i can talk to you aaron with such a beautiful biblical name but let me tell you something you want to talk about biblical names and what a burden it is to have the name aaron my father's name was abraham it doesn't get oh. more biblical than that. And people used to call him Abe. He liked that. But his name was Abraham. And let me tell you, that is a powerful name. It's like those are fighting words. It's the opposite of a boy named Sue, the Johnny Cash song. You name that boy Abraham, and he has to defend himself, particularly in where he grew up. Abraham meant that he was Jewish. So he had a lot of fights growing up, people picking on him. 
uh, making fun of him. And he grew up tough. He taught me how to be tough, my dad, Abraham. So, Aaron, how young are you? What do you do for a living? And how can I help you? I am a 47-year-old old-school telephone splicer. So I, I go into the ground and splice wires together and go wow. up on poles and splice the wires together. Wow. Uh, and Well, I got to tell you something. I'm going to, like, what do they call it when you reveal something, a top secret? I watched a guy like you, Aaron, in my neighborhood, and he climbed up that telephone pole. But when he left with his truck, he forgot that po- that step that you can clip onto the telephone pole. He forgot yes. it. And yeah. I have it. And I guess I'm supposed oh. to return it to somebody, but I still have that. And I, I look at that thing sometimes. I'm going, look at the power in what I have in my hand. I could climb up any telephone pole I want. Because I have that. Not like I'm ever going to climb up a telephone pole. But I love having that device, that that clippy step that this guy yeah. must have left, that guy left behind. I didn't steal it. He just left it behind. But yeah, I feel yeah, I so much it. power in that. I could climb up any telephone pole I want like I'm going to climb up a telephone pole. What are you, crazy? Anyway, it's a pleasure to talk to you. What did you hurt? How can I help you? You're welcome. Well, a couple months back, I was jump roping, trying to get back in shape, and mm-hmm. I heard a crunch in my right shoulder, oh. and subsequently some serious pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to my primary, and you know they basically just prescribe you some drugs and say, right. "Hey, we hate that." Yeah. So yep. I pushed the issue. I have an HMO. I pushed the issue and, and uh, asked to go to ortho, and immediately asked for an MRI. Good. I had the MRI. I had the MRI impressions. Great. Um, listen, you listen to the show. I, you know what Clapper Vision is? Yes, I do. And you know to tell them not to give you a cortisone shot, right? Oh, cortisone. That's right. Sure. I love you, Aaron. This is fantastic. <laughs> Good for you, young man. I'm happy to help. Okay. Go slow, read the impression, and I'm going to translate it for you. Number one, high-grade, likely full thickness tear of the anterior middle supraspinatus tendon fibers at the footprint on a background of attritional tendinosis. So, number two. No, uh, don't go to two yet. So, number one, the so you know what a puppet looks like or a marionette, and how you pull different strings. You pull this string, the right hand goes up. You pull this string, the left hand goes up. You pull this other string, the finger on the right hand goes up. Right? That's how a puppet works. A marionette. These little little strings that essentially move different parts of it. Well, your body is no different. So one of the strings that lifts your arm up of the four rotator cuff, there's 17 different muscles that attach to the shoulder blade, the scapula, four of them make up what's known as the rotator cuff, and they look like that that uh, hoodie sweatshirt that Bill Belichick wears on the sidelines, that the the hood, the cuff of these four muscles surround the top of the ball, the ball and socket joint that allow you, like the puppeteer, to move your arm way above your head. Well, if you look at the hooded sweatshirt, you can have a rip in the the hooded sweatshirt by your left ear. You can rip the hooded sweatshirt by your right ear, or you can actually rip the top of the hooded sweatshirt. Well, the top is supra in Latin. And that very important tendon cable is the key one that lifts your arm above your head. So you recognize that when you jump rope, you're primarily holding those handles and the rope goes, the whole idea is to get that rope 
below your feet. But guess what also has to happen, Aaron? You also have to get that rope over your head. So you actually have to lift your arms over your head. And that's the part that is fraying and actually has a hole in it, a full thickness tear. So you're 45. Yes, if you were 75, and this is the the beauty of medicine to me, is that you must actually listen to what someone does for a living. You must recognize man versus woman because things behave differently. Same diagnosis in women versus men. Um, The age of the person is incredibly important. And what's very important here is you're 45. If you're 75, I'm probably going to send you to physical therapy straight up because I always do. As a surgeon, you always want to try to avoid surgery first. But a vibrant guy and what you do for a living, being in your 40s with this finding on your MRI, I'm going to tell you right now, you should have this fixed. Arthroscopically, you don't need it opened up, but it needs to be done by someone who's skillful at it. Someone that you can talk to other patients, perhaps. You know, you're stuck in this uh, Fakakte HMO, which is a disaster. Cedars has an HMO. You can switch to Cedars, and I can help take care of you if you want, but I'm not here to solicit patients. You just want to make sure you go to someone who's going to take care of it because from what you've just described in line one, you're beyond just a partial thickness tear, a fraying of the rotator cuff, a bone spur digging into the tendon causing this problem. The, f- the whole mentioning of the footprint yeah, yeah. is classic for the location because the blood supply in a 40-year-old is starting to break down a little bit. This is yeah. unlikely to heal on its own. And here's something that's a little bit esoteric that most doctors don't understand, but I'm about to explain to you. Sure. When, when, a, when a player, a football player, basketball player, tears their ACL in their knee, for example, we always have to operate on them. Have you noticed that? But if they tear yeah. their medial collateral ligament, like Steph Curry did uh, last season or the season before, or I don't remember who recently from the Lakers tore their MCL, maybe Jared Dudley, I think it was, you don't have to have surgery for the MCL, but we always have to fix the ACL. Why is that? Because the fluid that lubricates our joint, the synovial fluid, prevents the healing of the ligament inside the joint. That fluid doesn't touch the medial collateral ligament. It's just underneath the skin, so it can heal on its own. When you tear the rotator cuff full thickness like you've done, guess what happens, Aaron? The the synovial fluid that lubricates the ball and socket joint of your shoulder that's contained by the capsule and the rotator cuff because it's the ball and socket joint. But now that you busted a hole in the ceiling of that joint, the joint fluid can now get through the hole in the roof, the rotator cuff serving as the roof of that capsule of the ball and socket joint. And that joint fluid poisons the connection at that footprint you're talking about where the tendon meets the bone. And that's why... It won't go on and heal on its own because the joint fluid now interrupts that from happening. By the way, that's why we can treat Achilles tendon tears without surgery now because there's no joint fluid to poison the connection and the healing. So I'm going to, I love telling you not to have surgery. I love sending you to therapy. I hate shots and pills and I'd like things to heal. 
But Aaron, you're going to need to, you don't have to do this tomorrow, but you are you need to now start getting the machinery at work where you're going to need to find someone that you trust that can lead you to an arthroscopic fixing of that tear in your rotator cuff. This is without you even reading to me two, three, four, and five or whatever other yeah. sentences. This enough. This is enough for me to give you this advice and guidance. All right, Aaron. Gotcha. Well, I've got surgery scheduled. My concern is is that it's it's he said it's a full incision and that you know it's a pretty right. long recovery time. I I think you absolutely should get a second opinion from someone who will be able to take care of you arthroscopically. That would just be my take. Listen, if the second opinion concurs, oh no, I still think you should have it open. That's a different story, but. Please don't have it right away. Get another opinion and look at the MRI with the surgeon. It's your it's your information. I don't need anybody just reading your reports. I like to sit down and look at the films themselves and go over it with the patient. That's what you need to do. You can still have your surgery, but I would probably favor from what you've described arthroscopically mm -hmm. rather than open. Thank you so much, doctor. All right, Aaron. Listen, you're a total stranger to me. And I love taking care of you in this rudimentary way that I've done. I need you to find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. I appreciate it. All right, Aaron. God bless you. All right, Warriors, we'll take a break. The lines are all lit up. I wonder why. Steve Paletta, I wonder why all the lines are lit up. Could be Clapper Vision, right? Who else would talk about Bill Belichick in his hoodie sweatshirt with those punum in that freezing in Foxborough Stadium in February? You see that hooded sweatshirt on Bill Belichick and those put them, those cheeks. My grandmother used to pinch my cheeks. She'd go, oh, put them, and she'd squeeze them because they red in the redness of Foxborough because it's 20 below zero. The number is 877-710-ESPN. Let's keep the clinic open. Tell you more stories. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. girl, she should Get smart. Just what are you getting at? Check out the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Like this. Medical advice from Cedar Sinai, head of orthopedic surgery. Are you kidding? With a far rockaway attitude and a little drizzle of mozzarella. Well, it's important to me. Search Weekend Warrior in the space bar. Like this. And click on Doc's picture. I see. Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. What's the best medicine? Besides chicken soup, <laughs> vitamin C, <laughs> green tea, <laughs> prunes, uh, yeah. shot whiskey, <laughs> not around here. What's the best medicine? I cannot wait. We call it clafter. <laughs> I'll tell you my trouble. I got the wrong doctor. You know my doctor, Dr. Clapper. So my doctor. And I saw him last week. I told him, Doc, every day I wake up, I look at a mirror, I want to throw up. What's wrong with me? He said, I don't know, but your eyesight is perfect. <laughs> hey, it's John Ireland. You know, there is no better way to start your Saturday than with the man who replaced Michael Thompson's hip, Dr. Clapper in the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Google the Guggenheim. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers.
Ah, what a song. Talking about memories and reminiscing. That's Carol King reminiscing about going back to Canaan. Green fields. There you'll be on your deathbed. Close your eyes. You know it's over. What are you going to think about? What are the ten things you're going to think about? Maybe you only got time for two things. I think I'm going to be thinking about pizza, though. That's going to be my last memory how the hell does the cheese and the sauce and the dough blend together because that oven has to be just right it's like football the dough is the offense the sauce is the defense the cheese is the special teams but the SoFi Stadium that's the oven sports is totally like pizza And that'll be my last thoughts as I drift off to the hereafter. I wonder what you'll be thinking about as we reminisce. All right, let's keep the clinic open. Let's go to Shane in Ontario. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help, Shane? Good morning, Doc. How you doing? Okay, how are you? Are you enjoying the show so far? Always, every Saturday. (laughs) What's your favorite story? Ooh, um, the... I would probably say, you know, I was thinking probably your surfing stuff, but I'm going to say your uh, all your food stories. I love it when you talk about your food and where we're finding them. <laughs> okay. Do you love French fries? I love, yeah, everything. Okay. So <laughs> I, I am a, I'm a donutologist because I get the best donut in Los Angeles at Good Time Donuts up in Ventura. Ask for Sue. Love her. Blueberry glazed donut. Oh, my God. It's from heaven. But I am a French fryologist as well. I search for the best French fry, and I'm fully aware of where all the burger places are in Los Angeles. Shake Shack now, you got In-N-Out Burger, McDonald's is still hands down one of the best, but I'm going to tell you, the best French fry in all of Los Angeles, and I'm a researcher, is at the Apple Pan on Pico and Westwood. That French fry has been cooked in the same spot since 1947. The burgers are great. The sandwiches are great. The pies are great. The coffee is unbelievable because the cream is triple thick whipping cream. I mean, I'm sure it goes right to your coronary arteries, but I don't care. Dr. Clapper. But their French fry is the greatest French fry you're ever going to eat. So last night, I'm in the car thinking I'm going to eat this at home. Okay, I got every red light. I'm, I'm like praying for a red light so I can stop, so I can eat more French fries. That's when you pray for red lights. How can I help you, young man? Shane, it's Shane, right, in Ontario. Yeah. So yeah. tell me what, I think it was, you got an MRI, you have it in front of you? Yes, I do. All right, so we're going to do a clap revision because I need to talk about KCP as well and why, thank God, his MRI is okay, but let's hope... Yours is well as well. So read slowly the impression of the MRI of your elbow, and I'll break it down for you. So let's go. It, it's my. It was my tailbone and tailbone. It's my lower back. Yeah. Oh, okay. So cool. The, it was the LS, and all three impressions they gave me are basically the same, slight millimeter difference. 
Um, so, but the main one I, I'm looking at is L4 to L5. Mm-hmm. There's a three to four millimeter disc bulge. Yes. With mild neural foraminal narrowing. Yes. Bilaterally greater on the right than the left. Mm-hmm. No significant central spinal canal stenosis. Great. Okay. How young are you again? I'm 34. 34. You're young. Okay. Uh, and which side, which leg do you feel symptoms? Does it travel down your leg or it stays in your lower back? You know, it's mostly my lower back. Good. Every once in a while, I'll get a pain down my leg if I'm standing for too long. Okay. Next, what's number two? Um, L3 to L4, two to three millimeter disc bulge. Yes. Mild neuroframbal narrowing, same thing. And then L5 to S1, three millimeter disc bulge, mild neuroframbal narrowing. So for a 35-year-old guy to have three levels with a disc, not critical, nothing that you have to have surgery for or epidurals or anything like that, uh, which I hate. But the rea- this is the question you have to ask yourself, or I have to ask you, about you. Three different levels are already having failure to some extent of the annulus fibrosis. The, 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 here's the clapper vision. The jelly donut, speaking of food and donuts, <laughs> the jelly donut is now getting thin that we're starting to see the jelly. Rather than it completely squirting out, which is an extruded disc where the jelly comes out of the donut, the containment of the shock absorber between the bones in your spine is a donut. And that, and that doughy material containing the nucleus pulposus, the shock absorber, which is the jelly. So you don't have it extruded, but you're starting to see the jelly through the donut itself. And that's what we're talking about. And it reminds me of art. It reminds me of a painting. You cannot paint the wind. But what you can do, Shane, is paint the trees bending over in the wind. You can paint the white water on top of the ocean if you're painting the ocean scene and it's windy. What you can paint is the effect of the wind. So in essence, your MRI to me reminds me of a painting because yes we are seeing these multiple discs not critical but they're not great and we can blame your grandparents for that I'm not blaming your job or your sporting event for it this is the this is the tree blowing over because there's wind what's the wind in your body which is your DNA you are not doing a good enough job of maintaining the strength, something you actually can do something about, of your core muscles. So, I'm not saying you're overweight, but I'm saying that you're putting too much stress, and this is not an intentional thing, by the way, so don't take it the wrong way, but you're loading your spine, discs, these structures, more than they can handle. Why are they being overloaded? Because they're missing out on stronger shock absorbers, which are your muscles, so all that stress is going to the disc. So the best way for you to get rid of your pain, and most importantly, Shane, keep it from coming back again, is to strengthen, core strengthening, whether it's Pilates, whether it's sit-ups, meeting up with a fantastic physical therapist 
And I love the pool. Swimming is like the greatest thing you can be doing because the buoyancy, the resistance on the muscle. There's a book I wrote with Linda Yui called Heal Your Hips. Exercising in a pool would be wonderful. You'll need to find someone good uh, in Ontario. If you want someone's name that I love, he's in Pasadena. His name is Martin. His place, uh, ironically, is called Warrior Physical Therapy, which is a complete you know, accident. But he's amazing. That's a guy that I would put you in touch with to teach you how to make your core muscles stronger. But if you say, listen, I'm too busy, I can't, all right, good. Three days a week, half an hour, belly button, high water, walk forwards, backwards in a pool, and you ain't going to be better in a week or two. Make this your project for the summer. And I promise you, your back pain will not only go away, it'll keep it from coming back again because you'll have stronger core muscles. How's that? That sounds like a great plan. All yeah. right, young man. Listen, I'm available. If this, you know, it comes September and you're still having problems, please check in with me again. Call in and let me know. But I can promise you this. You're going to be better if you do what I say. I just don't know how much better, but you're going to be better. And I hope this will be the end of it. It doesn't reverse itself. This is your DNA. You're going to have to fight this battle for the rest of your life, but you'll be up for it. Keep your weight off as well. Read a book called Wheat Belly. It'll teach you how to eat differently in terms of grain and whatnot in our diet. Uh, but that's my best advice for you. And again, you're a total stranger to me. I want you to find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be helping me, thanking me. You got I really appreciate all your help, Doc. All right. God bless you, Shane. All right, Warriors, let's take a break, pay some bills, coming back, and we'll tell some stories about the value of reminiscing in your personal life and in your work life. From Groucho Marx, Keith Jackson, to Dr. Clapper. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Right, King James? Absolutely. And good to be courtly friends on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. I love it. Be treated like medical royalty with Clapper Vision. Feast like a monarch on Doc's delectable finds. There we go. And that far rockaway jester humor. <laughs> Search Weekend Warrior and click on Doc's regal picture. Cool. <laughs> Sound the trumpets. No cortisone, alchemy, or leeches here. Everything's good. Bow, curtsy, like, or follow the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. That makes me happy. Cheers.